thirdly, I have prayed that I won't get caught speeding. Show of hands. I am breaking. Doug, don't be that honest. Lie about it. No, I'm kidding. I am breaking the law and praying, Lord, help me not get caught. I know God is up there anxious and waiting to answer that one. It's probably on his top ten list of prayers to answer. Welcome to New Life. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. We've entered a great season in the life of the church. We call it the Christmas season. We begin to celebrate in earnest the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love this time of the year. There's a lot of excitement in and around the church and even in and around the community as we focus on the coming of the Christ child. Now, getting back to New Life Telecast. First of all, I want to thank all of you that listen in week after week after week, in particular those that we bump into out in the community. You say, hey, we listen to the program. I, I'm telling you, we're here for you. That's why we do this. And I want to encourage you to continue in prayer with us that God would use these teachings to bring glory and honor to Himself. Now, we're going to continue tonight with uh, actually part two of a message that we began last week that's titled, Agree With Me. And this is dealing with the issue of prayer. Now, here's something very important you need to understand about prayer. It doesn't begin with the whims and the wishes of man, but it needs to be firmly based on the will, the purpose, the plan of God. So before we can agree with one another in prayer, we have to be in agreement with the things of God. That's what we're talking about, and I trust that this would stick out just bright and clear to you as we get into the teaching. I want to read one verse in your hearing. We're going to jump right on into this. Our text passage is actually uh, Matthew chapter 18. We've spent a good bit of time in Matthew 18 recently, but I want to look at a marginal passage, another passage we're going to be looking at right now as we jump off into this. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Listen to what the New Testament says here. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 15. Do your best, your best to present yourself to God as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of, handling the word of truth, underline that, handling the word of truth with precision. Heavenly Father, I thank you for each one that's turned on this telecast, and I pray and ask in the matchless name of Jesus that by your word you would speak to our hearts, convict us, convince us, draw us unto yourself, and draw us together as we agree over your word. And we'll thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you uh, hang on. Listen, keep your Bibles close at hand, and Lord willing, we'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. God bless you. I shared with the Bereans yesterday, and I'm still trying to process some of this. I'm not real sure that God is concerned about who wins the football game today. 
Jesus, who are you pulling for? And Jesus, the Redskins. <laughs> God's like, they, they no longer exist. And Jesus is like, I know why. <laughs> who are you pulling for, God? The Carolina Panthers. Can I get an amen right there? No. I, I don't think God could care less about who wins the football game today. Now, we had some really interesting conversation about that at Bereans yesterday, and I won't go into that right now, but it, it was food for thought. But to my point, listen to this. I do know this. I do know that God desires for that young football player, and God desires for you, and God desires for me that we can be the best we can be so that we may bring glory and honor to God, the glory and honor that is due His name. That I know. And when asked to pray like that, I am more than willing to step up and pray that way. Where did I get this? Go with me to 1 Corinthians 10 and 31. And I must hasten. I've got about three verses I want you to see. Uh, verse uh, 31 of 1 Corinthians 10. So whether you eat or drink or play football. You see it there? It actually says whatever. That must include football. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Solomon had pretty much said the same thing back in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Perhaps this is where Paul began to realize this. Whatever the activity in which you engage, do it with all your ability. None of this halfway stuff. With all of your ability. 2 Timothy 2 and 15, I love this verse. Do your best. One version says, do your best to present yourself to God as an approved worker. Not to me, not the church, not the denomination. To God Almighty as an approved worker who has nothing to be ashamed of. Handling the word of truth with precision. Hey, I can pray for you about those things with utmost confidence that Jesus is on our side and that Jesus is purposed to move when those prayers are prayed. I must confess to you this morning. Can I confess to you? Say yes. Thank you for indulging me that, that moment. I was sorely tempted to develop a list of wrong prayers. In other words, church, here's a top ten list of dumb things to pray. Okay? I was really checked. Actually, Dan Foster helped me with this. Do you know Dan? He and I went to different schools together way back when. But he penned this online article entitled, The Stupid Things People Pray For. Subtitled, check this out, How Our Prayers Reveal the Best and Worst of Us. You like it, don't you, Elder Jones? Sabbaticalized. He admits, Mr. Foster does, that he was in a crowded parking lot one day and he was praying this, and I quote, Lord, please give me a parking spot. Just seconds later, he says, I spotted a car only meters in front of me, edging out of a parking space. The Lord had parted the Red Sea for me in an ocean of despair. <laughs> and then he asked, coincidence? Coincidence? Hey, here's one of the things I have to confess to you this morning. 
I prayed that prayer more times than you can shake a stick at. In particular, when I was going through that five-year period of time when I could hardly walk, my back was just destroyed. Oh, I needed a, I needed a parking space. Are you with me? And I, I, I had that exact same thing happen. Coincidence, says Mr. Foster, or did the Lord really turn his gaze from the plight of impoverished African children for a moment to address the first world problem of an impatient white man in a wealthy Western nation? End quote. That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. Foster says, I vote for confidence. Or a coincidence, not confidence. I vote for coincidence. I'm prone to agree with him. Let me move on. Number five on your study notes. Speaking of study, a study revealed that 48% of people, 48% of people pray to God every day. Now, before you're really impressed or depressed with that one way or the other, let me share these with you. This article was really long, and, and it kind of had one of these lists I'm talking about. The top three good things that people pray, check this out. I have prayed for my family or friends. That's a good thing, amen? That's intercessory prayer. I, secondly, I have prayed about my own problems. That's a good thing. Brother Bill Carter reminded us in the Bereans yesterday, part of that conversation was that God says, cast your care upon me because I care for you. Thirdly, I have prayed to thank God for good things that have happened. Prayers of thanksgiving. It's part of the fourfold uh, prayer system that we emphasize here at New Life. Thanksgiving, that's not a bad thing. Here are some goofy things. Number one, I have prayed to win the lottery. God's way to finance the church. Can you imagine? I'm going to get in trouble right here, but I don't care. I signed up for Medicare Tuesday. I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm Medicare. Can you imagine if the money that is wasted on lottery tickets every year was put toward missions work, the impact that it would have on missions around the world? I'm glad he didn't say that in the pulpit. I have second, I have prayed for success in something I put no effort into. Brother Victor sounds like some of our bulldogs, doesn't it? Wasn't it practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, but Friday? Dear Lord, help us win. Really? Thirdly, I have prayed that I won't get caught speeding. Show of hands. I am breaking. Doug, don't be that honest. Lie about it. No, I'm kidding. I am breaking the law and praying, Lord, help me not get caught. I know God is up there anxious and waiting to answer that one. It's probably on his top ten list of prayers to answer. I have prayed, number four, and I'm going to close this out. I have prayed for someone else to fail. If you've ever even remotely thought about praying that someone else would fail, there's something wrong with your spirit, man. Something wrong with you. You can't call yourself a Jesus chaser. You can't hang out with Jesus and be thinking stuff like that, let alone praying things like that. Prayed for someone else to fail. Let me give you an example. Uh, uh, 
the goofiest prayer that I could find in the New Testament. And we'll, we'll move along. It's found in Matthew chapter 20. Look at this. It is a prayer. Matthew 20 and 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons. Now I have to give her a little bit of a break because sometimes mommies do mommy things. Can I get an amen right there? Mm-hmm. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons. Proud mama. She sounds like... <laughs> First thing I thought about was Marie Barone on uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. The mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down before Jesus asked a favor of him while the boys stood over there in the background. Don't you know they were loving this? Mm-hmm. Glad they didn't get tangled up in her apron strings. Look at verse 21. This is very interesting to me. Jesus said, what is it that you want? He received her goofy supplication. Are you with me? He said, what is it you want? Don't you know he knew what she wanted? He already knew that. But he, he received her goofy supplication. What is it that you want? She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Look at verse 22. Now listen to me. Those of you that like to pray goofy things, elementary prayers, even sometimes desperation prayers, which often are quite necessary. Jesus said to this lady, you don't know what you are asking. Does that sound like our prayer life sometimes? <laughs> we don't know what we're asking. And Jesus said to them, he turned his attention from mama to the boys. Wouldn't you love to have been there? I bet that was the coolest thing. I bet the other apostles were falling out laughing. Ah, oh, look at them two idiots. The whole time thinking, boy, I wish my mama was here. You don't know what you're asking. And then he said to them, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? And they answered, this is a major duh right here. They answered, we can. They had no idea. Verse 23, Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. Look at this. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. Read there. This will be determined by my Father's plan. God has a, God has a plan. Listen, beloved. While it's true, that God does meet us at our point of need, and I believe that I've experienced that. It is equally true that He doesn't leave us where He finds us. Check it out. Praying a goofy prayer isn't all that big a deal at first, but if you continue to pray goofy prayers into your 20s and 30s and 40s, and you understand where I'm going, but I'm running out of platform. If you continue to pray that way, that is a problem. God doesn't leave us where He finds us. He finds us quite often screaming from within our need, those desperation, elementary prayers. But then He reaches in. Everybody say, reaches in. Oh, look at your neighbor and say, he reaches in. 
He reaches in and delivers us out of the need. Isn't it wonderful when that happens? Hallelujah. Why does he do that? He does that not only to help us, beloved, but to help us overcome and ultimately to be a blessing, not just blessed, but to be a blessing to the point of being able to help others with their need. Pastor, will you pray for? Yeah. Will you grow up and pray with me? Hmm? Pastor, I need your help. That's well and good. I need yours. And they need yours. You have family members that pray goofy prayers all the time. They need to know this. And they're scratching their head blaming God because their goofy prayers aren't answered. This makes sense. Make too much sense. I say amen, he'll know I'm guilty. <laughs> Number six on your study notes, fill this in with me, and it's time for communion. Our man I, Lord, I like to misspoke. Our discipleship, I started to say membership manual, our discipleship manual that we use at New Life, the one-to-one -one discipleship manual. I should have brought it as a show-and-tell item this morning. Nine lessons. If you haven't been through that yet, I would encourage you to. And we've added a tenth lesson on spiritual gifts so that you'll know what that is when you get through. Just the basics. But the one on prayer, which I am currently taking a disciple through, uh, quote from chapter 4, the chapter on prayer says this, we must have a believing heart if our prayers are to be answered. How do we get a believing heart? How do we pray with confidence? Our faith, you put faith in the blanks, capital letters, bold print, italicized and underlined. Our faith grows. How, church? According to Romans 10 and 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Our faith grows through the Word of God. Watch this. Here's the challenge this morning. And I trust that you would not only be challenged, but just be pumped about this. The more that you know the Word, whoever you are, the more you know the Word, the better you'll pray. Make sense? The more you know the Word, the better you'll pray. Now, here's, here's really kind of where the grits meet the fork this morning. So I want you to catch this. If you know this word and you are learning how to pray this word, then can you imagine if you hook up with a prayer partner that knows this word and the two of you come together? Oh, let me tell you, when that happens, your prayer life will go to a whole Another, N-U-T-H-E-R, a whole nother dimension will be added to your prayer life. Let me tell you what happens when two people study the Word and get together and pray. On occasion, if one of them comes up with a goofy idea, the other one can say, Friend, thou art being goofy. In the King James. Yes, you're right, friend. You have somebody in your life like that? They love you. They love you enough to tell you the truth. It might be your husband. 
Ooh, that hit bottom, didn't it? Your husband a praying man? You better pay attention. It might be your wife. Ooh. You better have some Bible for that. Oh, I have a lot of Bible for that. But I'm not going there because it might incriminate the pastor. No, I'm just kidding. Might be your wife. It Find somebody like that in your life that loves you enough and knows the word enough to hold you accountable to the word when you have a notion to do something, pray something goofy. Does that make sense? Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 11 says this, Many advisors make victory sure. What makes victory sure? Many advisors. Chapter 19 verse 21, Many are the plans in a man's heart indeed. But it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Doesn't that behoove us to know what the Lord's purpose is instead of just doing our own thing? Chapter 13, verse 20 of Proverbs. He who walks with the wise grows wise. What does that say for people that hang out with a bunch of big dummies? Hmm? Now, here's the real closing. Knowing the Word and praying the Word will revolutionize your prayer life. Coming together with another person of the same caliber will take it to a whole nother level, a whole nother dimension. Will you consider how such praying is affected exponentially when you put yourself in position to pray with multiples of persons? Pastor, you made that up. Uh-uh. Look at our text. Matthew 18, 20. I, this ought to be enough to make people run up down the aisle shouting, Glory, hallelujah. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. You do understand that's attached to this verse that's talking about prayer. You get that? I'm not making this up. Uh, one of my... Uh, uh, favorite uh, radio mentors is uh, Brother Paul Shepard from out in California. And he was preaching this week, and he, he made the statement about something his grandmother used to say. And his grandmother would say to him, obviously, obviously his grandmother was probably 40 years older than he was, and she'd say, Paul, I'm coming back from where you're going. What's that mean? You young people, listen up. I asked a kid this week, I said, do you believe I used to be 16? And he just looked at me. I did. And I remember it. I said, how old do you think I am, young man? He'd say, I'd say you're probably in your 50s. Let me give you $5. <laughs> I just signed up for Medicare. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. Mr. Ellicott in his fine commentary says, quote, Those who pray must be gathered together in the name of Christ. That's not a foregone conclusion. It needs to be a fact, a reality. 
You come together in the name of Christ, asking a prayer which is not the utterance of the natural, but the spiritual man, asking it in entire submission to the will of their Father in heaven. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my whims and my wishes, but these things that you have promised that we can agree about. These things that, Father, you have purposed and planned that if I'll come into agreement with it and in agreement with other members of the body of Christ, these things will start happening in our midst. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. And let me reiterate something we said just moments ago. Our faith grows as we know and understand the Word of God. Let me do that one more time. Our faith grows as we get deeper and deeper into the Word of God. In other words, the more you study this and the more you know this, the deeper you'll go spiritually and the better your prayer life will be. The more you understand the Word of God, it will affect the way you pray and it will produce not only a better prayer, but better prayers. And think about this. When you come together with someone else who knows this and you pray together with them, then your prayer life will increase unbelievably. And when you come together with a whole body of Christ that knows and understands this and prays according to the Word of God, your prayer life will go through the roof. Now, people say to me all the time, uh, and sometimes in kind of a uh, subliminal way, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray. Boy, I wish I could pray like you. Check it out. There's no easy solution to that. There's no one, two, three easy solution. But here's what you do. Study the Word of God. This is the Word of God, the Bible. Know it. Understand it. As you get that in your head, in your heart, and you begin to pray according to God's Word, then your prayer life will grow. How do you pray? You know and understand the Word of God. I don't know what to say. Pray God's Word back to Him. That's what Jesus did over and over and over again. We say we're Christ followers, then it should show up, and it will show up in our prayer life. I trust you'll be encouraged accordingly. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now. And Lord, my prayer is that which I have been praying for decades now. So the same prayer as your son, Jesus. Teach us to pray. Help us to know how to pray. And Lord, help us to know how to pray as we get into your word and then develop uh, thought patterns that seek after your purpose, your plan, your will. We know that our prayers will grow. Bring to us, Lord, other persons, people that we can be accountable to and pray with. And I pray certainly that our churches, our church fellowships would come together in times of sweet wonderful, spirit-inspired, word-inspired prayers. We ask, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, before I get out of here, let me tell you this. I do believe that New Life Community Church is a gathering of people who know how to pray. And we pray together. We have several times it's uh, dedicated and set apart, sanctified each week where we can come together as a body and pray together and agree together over the Word. We have a regular schedule of activities, which begins Sunday morning around 10 o'clock. We'd love for you to come out and be a part of that. We also have midweek activities, which, by the way, includes the adult small group meetings, care and compassion groups, and that is solidly established on prayers and praying one for another. 
sharing requests, sharing needs, learning to listen to the Father and pray together. We'd love for you to be a part of that. Again, that's Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. Well, I'm Terry Knight, and I have to get out of here. My time is completely gone. I trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And beloved, remember this. Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?